Okay. Hello, hello. Welcome to another edition of Polly Podcast. The one and only source for everything Polyverse. Um, oh, headphones just turned off. If you're, There's not going to be much of a blog post for this. I'm actually not sure what I'm going to put online, but go to polyverse.com if you would prefer to look at the blog post. I'll probably just leave like a bunch of links in there and a little bit of speaking because I'm actually recording this off the cuff. Uh, freestyle. I'm not going by any script or anything because a big event has just happened in the world of metal music. Hmm. Not, not every, okay. Okay. Let's start. <laughs> Something I wanted to do with Polly podcast is review books, review lyrics that I really like, you know, inspiring different forms of the words, spoken word literature. And one of my biggest influences uh, creatively is a band, a metal band, I think extreme metal, math metal, hailing from Sweden. Uh, they are called Meshuga. And uh, they've been around since the late 80s, I think. They've released, I want to say roughly 10 albums. I'm not quite sure. They were just released a new album on April 1st. I'm not sure when I'm putting this out. I'm probably putting this out immediately, so probably a day or two ago. They released their new album, Immutable. And this episode of Polly Podcast is going to be the poetry of Meshuggah, Immutable. I'm going to go through and I'm going to read the lyrics of each song uh, taken out of the context of the music as to give maybe another perspective to it. Um, because obviously it's it's very heavy music, it's kind of brutal and it's hard to hear what the, you know, vocalist is saying a lot of the time. And it's hard to get the message across to people who aren't used to that kind of music. So I'm going to try to, you know, bridge the gap and try to uh, preach this kind of music to an audience that may not be into, you know, heavy metal kind of thing. And yeah, we'll see how we go. I, I'm excited to do this and I want to do this for more songs in the future. This is a particularly big event. So this is the entire album. This is going to be potentially quite a long episode, but I love this album. That's all I can say. I think it might be my favorite album of theirs, which is, you know, and I, I almost immediately thought that when I listened to it, which is rare, you know, usually albums, I think, sort of grow on you over time. But this immediately, I thought, wow, this is there's something about this one. So how am I going to start this off? Meshuggah, Immutable. All right, so I'm going to start off by talking about the messaging in uh, Meshuggah's music, uh, traditionally. 
So of course, go and listen to the album. I'm going to leave links to it in the episode description and everywhere else because, you know, I'm pretty much stealing content from them. Though I will argue I'm also promoting it. So, I mean, I'm sure they'd be okay with this kind of thing. Not that they would notice anyway. But <laughs> um, yeah, definitely go listen to the album. I think it's... I remember someone said this to me once, I think it might have been my dad, that some artists sort of make music for musicians. And not that I'm a musician, that sounds elitist and stuff, but I think that an album like this, a band in general like Meshuggah, but especially an album like this, is very interesting to a lot of people, even if you aren't into that kind of music. There's definitely been things in the past that I listened to them, you know, I'm not really a fan of, but I'm like, wow, that's super impressive and really, you know, experimental and cool, even though I'm probably not going to listen to it again. I can't really think of an example right now, but I'm sure you can imagine for yourself, you've had songs or things that you've come across like that, like a crazy movie or something. Like, I don't get it, but it's really cool. I don't know. So... I'm not, you know, I don't, I used to be this music elitist as a teenager, not that anymore. I listen to all genres of music, but Meshuggah, definitely one of my favorite bands of all time. Well, yeah, they're my favorite band of all time. I'm not going to beat around the bush. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's awesome. And I want to try to bring across the messaging and the impact that they've had on me, maybe divulged or not divulge, what's another word? I don't know. To translate some of that to some of you, perhaps. Also, uh, I have this tattoo on my arm, which is from a Meshuggah album. By the way, if people have seen this on me and don't know what it is, it's from an album called uh, Chaos Sphere. I mind blanked for a second there. I was just thinking of my favorite song on the album which is called New Millennium Cyanide Christ. And yeah, this is the Chaosphere album. There's also some small markings, numbers, 3-3 three, three, and a letter I in there, which are references to two other albums or EPs, I guess. Uh, one, of course, being called I, which is just one 20-ish minute song on there, which I love. And... Uh, Catch 33, which is another awesome album. I just wanted to get little references on my arm to them. Um, and the, they've got other great albums too that I love, but, you know, you can't fit everything on your arm. I'm not going to be one of those people with, like, my entire body dedicated to one band or something, you know. But anyway, Meshuggah, what do they talk about in their music? So, it's a lot of very poetical poetic sounding things like i've said before in earlier episodes and blog posts a lot of my influence for poetry and a lot of other poets influence into getting them into poetry was music and is music and that definitely was the case for me there's so much symbolism in a lot of music and metaphors because you can't fit a lot of words in lyrics you know unless you're, I guess, like a rapper, then you might, you know, then you can necessarily, you can fit a whole essay in if you're a fast rapper. 
but also there's a art form to that which is very poetic of course uh, a lot of people say rap is poetry and it is i think music is poetry rap is poetry there's alliteration there's all sorts of things rhyming and everything all sorts of breakdowns of form that you can do but anyway with Meshuga, like i said they have always sort of had this theme i have listened to interviews and stuff from them before not to do with every single album but generally the carryover theme that i get from their stuff is anti kind of corporation anti-establishment uh pro progressive thought and um they create these metaphors in the form of monsters or schemes worldwide things that are coming to get you and it's it's this beautiful thing and it's also a critique of the human condition in particular that all sounds very vague and that's the point of it as well is to be able to interpret it in different ways but this album immutable in particular uh thomas hark who's the drummer of the band one of the greatest drummers of all time i think for sure in his style there's a lot of styles of drumming obviously and um he writes most of the lyrics for the band as well and he said a lot of one of the songs in particular is about how social media pushes us to be a certain way which is uh you know promoting alt-right extremism and things like that and uh the imagery of the album art you know i always think metal album art is kind of cringy but it's you know there's some nice things to take away from it for sure um but i'm not like diehard i'm not all about it but anyway i like the symbolism of the album art for this one so it's basically this guy and all his flesh is stripped away. You can see his sort of skeleton and organs. And he's on fire and there's smoke just pillowing, pluming from the back of him. And he doesn't really mind. And he's got a knife in his hand. So I was reading in this Rolling Stone article, which I'll link as well. That Thomas Hark said, you know, this guy's literally on fire. His skin is melting away. And he's still reaches for the knife in his hand to defend himself like this is a part of the extreme side of the human condition is that we're crazy you know we can get consumed by war and create conflict and you know start hating each other on social media and can take advantage of each other in the form of uh corporations to the poor and uh, governments to um, you know create inequality and create new classes for the rich and stuff like that so it's basically it's critiquing those sorts of things that's the point and the purpose of a lot of their lyrics and sometimes it can be different topics it's hard to tell what they are sometimes like I referenced in um, that my favorite album Chaosphere my favorite song, New Millennium uh, Cyanide Christ, sort of seems to definitely be about uh, the power and potentially the corruption of religion. 
obviously there's a lot of good that religion does in the world, but there's also a lot of people that use it to create massive wealth for themselves and very minimal <laughs> wealth or charity for others. Obviously, that's not the case for everything, you know, not the case for every church or every religion, but you see this in all facets of society and it's part of the human condition, Meshuggah says. And that's what they're discussing in this new album, Immutable, the human condition. So, let's start reading some of uh, their lyrics. And I actually haven't gone through all the lyrics yet myself because it just came out yesterday at time of recording. I've listened through the album twice, I think. Uh, a couple of songs I've listened to more times than that, but... Like I said, this is a big event for me. It's their first album in like six years. They usually take four to five years to make a new album. So every time it's a big event, but this year was a little bit longer because of COVID and things like that. So it was amazing that they actually pulled off this album and that it's so good as well. Because their last album, they recorded live all together in the studio. This one, I think to my knowledge, they all recorded separately, different pieces in the studio and stuff like that because of probably social distancing and restrictions but it comes across amazing it's really you know that's that's the thing about the band is their quality keeps going up with each album and i think they've gotten to a point now where they're so popular and they're so big that they're able to do what they want when it in terms of uh with the record label and production whereas before i think even though they've always, you know, had their own style, I feel like they weren't as comfortable, this is, you know, just theorizing, in doing exactly as they wanted because of money restrictions or because of whatever, I don't know. But now you can tell they're really just doing what they want and they're big enough to do that now, which is awesome, you know. I'm not going to I'm not going to leave my my favorite band just because they're getting more popular. I mean, I'm happy for them because uh, they're not feeding into the popularity either. They're just doing exactly what they like to do, which is great to see. And they're getting more popular from it. So that's even better to see. So anyway, let's get into it. Let's break it down. I'm probably just going to say a little, maybe a little bit in between each song, but I just sort of want to read out the lyrics for each one just to put it out there in different context without the music and it's not going to be in rhythm to the music though i might put it on the background right now actually there we go it was too loud so this is this is all in order this is the first song of the album broken cog inside watching the core of whatever we had left in our lives the multiplications divide. We drink to quench the thirst to come. With the bones that we left, the trap was sprung. Blind, ancient, and malevolent, cosmos divides. The truth is we never, ever had truth in sight. We spat on this purpose. We ate of whatever was left. The chasm beneath us will open up and swallow the rest. Me, the broken cog. You seem to not have understood. Knives out, strings set in motion. You act like you're surprised. Preemptive strike. Ruin 
chaos, focus, whispers, murmurs, voices, voices, whispers, purpose, voices, murmurs. Now, forgive me, everyone. This is really an episode for me. This is not for you. This is not for the public. I wanted to do this. I was very excited to do this. So indulge with me, you know, indulge me here. Broken Cog. Not a lot of lyrics to this one. And it is a uh, five and a half minute song. But it's setting the tone for the rest of the album. That's the thing. I'm a... You gotta listen to albums in order. I don't know what people do with this shuffle bullshit. You gotta listen to albums in track order. It's the only way. That is the elitist thing I'll say. You have to do that with every album. Okay? Unless maybe for some reason the artist had some weird idea that you're not supposed to do that. Anyway. It's building up this narrative, right? In this song. It's not really sure what what they're talking about yet. But called broken cog he's saying me the broken cog you don't understand me knives out strings set in motion yak like you're surprised preemptive strike this is the human condition that they're talking about this person supposed to be a part of the system they're preemptive striking they're becoming extreme they're acting out this is this is kicking off right from the bat. We're, we're not building up to this point. We're not going down any pipelines of how it came to this point. We're getting straight into the human nature of people when, they're, when they've been um, like sleeper so activated, you know? This is, uh Yeah. This is building that up. Whispers, murmurs, voices, voices. Subliminal messaging. That could mean anything, you know. It's setting a tone. It's setting a mood. It's setting a state of fear and readiness. And, uh, you know, feeling a bit... To get really into this, I'm feeling a bit protective of myself. I'm a bit scared. You know, what's this person capable of? But also I recognize that this is within everyone. You know, if you just sit there watching Tucker Carlson all day, you're going to be a bit of a psycho. This is how it works. And obviously, yeah, I mean, it can apply to uh, the other side as well. If you're listening to some, I don't know. But I'm obviously going to lean to the left. My sugar leans to the left as well. So take that. Anyway, um, next song. Let's get to it. The next track is called The Abysmal Eye. And this was a single that was released. Um, The first track to have a music video as well. Which was always, it was another, you know, metal music video. There's some cool parts to it because Meshuggah does cool things to do with uh, lighting. Uh, People who've seen their live shows on YouTube will know this because they've, some of them have gone viral because they had a lighting technician who did it all live. And he does the lights to the rhythm of the music. And if you know anything about Meshuggah, it's all about the rhythms of the music. This very offbeat, polyrhythmic stuff like that being math metal. So, 
that was the good part of the video. The other parts of the video were, you know, kind of metal, cringy, weird stuff. But it's, it's all good. All in all, it's all, it's all good, you know. You can't win at everything. Let's get into the lyrics of The Abysmal Eye. Relentless and inoxorable, this menacing creation that we ourselves conceived with covetous verve and credulity, something this intensely profound can never be allowed. The fabric and all that holds it will all burn. It will all be torn down. To contain it in its lair, Pandora's quantum prison, in wave after wave, it will see us fail. Consigned to oblivion, this thing we cannot grasp, bury deep this entity, unlearn it ever existed. This is our Omega, factitious nemesis, the great dismantler of our dominion. If ever there was a reason, maintain this greatest lie, that never did we look into the abysmal eye. Wow. I love this kind of stuff. This is what I'm saying. You guys got to indulge me a little bit on this episode. I love this kind of stuff. Damn. Makes me... Uh, when I read really good lyrics, really good books or anything, makes me want to quit, you know? Makes me want to, t- makes me want to hang up uh, the hat before I've even started and quit. Okay, so another thing to note with this album, the singles are very solid. You know, obviously with albums, bands will release singles before the actual album comes out in order to tease the album. Usually they're the most commercial songs. And they kind of are the most commercial songs, but in a way there was a few album songs that did seem a lot bigger and harder hitting than some of these. I think Abysmal Eye was a good choice though for a single. But... The singles that they chose for Immutable were kind of the filler songs on the album. They were sort of the glue that tied together the more heavier and complex and faster songs and things like that. And they were the solid ones, the glue. And yeah, uh, also I pronounced some of the words kind of weirdly. That's because it's literally my first time reading this. Something to note. Um... When they say, bury deep this entity, unlearn it ever existed. This is a theme with Meshuggah throughout their albums. They're always talking about entities. This is what I mean. It's a metaphorical thing. It's sort of, they're not saying exactly what they're talking about because, you know, they don't want to give it all away. That's what can kill the creative juice, you know. You got to imagine it for yourself. But they're creating this idea of this sort of evil thing. And if you listen to the music, you know, it's evil sounding music. It's very industrial sounding music. A lot of people have said Meshuggah's trying to sound like heavy machinery at work. So it gives this impression of like the industrial revolution gone mad. You know, skyscrapers toppling over skyscrapers, crushing slums, things like that. That's what you start thinking when you hear it, I think. Um, and unlearn 
That's something that they like to say on a lot. Unimaginable, unlearn, or like a re, you know, the opposite of a word. Um, let, let me think of an example. Um, I know there's some lyrics in a particular older song called Future Breed Machine. I know. Edgy. Let's see. I forget the lyric now because, you know, I'm talking too much. I'm in my own head. Uh, let's see here. Dun, 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 dun. If you can't tell, I'm pretty excited. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Destroy, erase, improve. I guess that's not what I was quite talking about. But there's also that theme of is a destroy, erase, improve, unlearn, rebuilding. Uh, I don't know. It sounds kind of... Uh, what's the word? Revolutionary feeling almost, you know? But it's it's coming from the entity itself, which is frightening. Which is, yeah, very frightening. And I think people could definitely interpret these lyrics in a way... Where they're like, oh, the globalist elites, uh, you know, and then they apply it to their red pill, you know, weird, you know, QAnon 4chan shit. But it's it's not that complicated. It's just about corporate greed, things like that, systematic injustice. And, uh Yeah. I feel like I might be talking too much in between each song, but this is this is fun to me. I like also talking about it to uh, figure out how I f what I think it all means and stuff like that. Wave after wave, so, so consigned to oblivion. This thing we cannot grasp. Yeah, this is our omega. That's. In their album, Coloss, they did a lot of this talk of Alpha and Omega and stuff like that. One of my favorite songs ever is from Coloss, and the song's called I Am Colossus. And it's basically just this slow building song. I think it's like six, seven minutes long. And they just, the vocalist just keeps saying, I am the Alpha, I am the Omega, I am the fear. I'm there when you sleep, I'm... You know, you come to me, I am life and death. Just building, I am the storm clouds brewing and just, I'm the the over-looming entity. Those aren't the exact words, I'm paraphrasing, but you know what I mean. And it's creating this idea of, I am Colossus. I am this great, horrible being that looms over all of you and I control everything. And that's where I say people can miss could misconstrue that. I don't know if people do. I've um, not really tuned in with the Meshuggah fan base that much, but it's uh, it's cool, you know. It makes you s music like this uh, for me, at least, and for the people who I did know growing up who listened to this. It makes you question uh, the establishment, like advertising and things like that. It makes you at least try to think for yourself and make some positive decisions for yourself instead of just going along with, you know, 
jumping off a cliff with everyone else. All right, let's just go to the next song. Too much, too much talking. Light the Shortening Fuse. This was another one, another single. And let's begin. Blinded, gagged, and bound by confirmation. On this premise, we iterate a lie. Why we'll stay unmasked. They know, we know, it doesn't matter. Barren, hollow words, no information. We're led to believe in self-applied deceit. This trope of ignorance, disinformation, made to confuse, to light the shortening fuse. Wading through the rubble of ideologies, cherry-picking madness to the gospel of suckers, sustenance for the greatest of ideas. Life is a machine. It will cater to me. Bow. Serve. Comply. Bared teeth. The lesson is complete. The stench of strange raw meat. Draw acolytes to feast. Rotting thoughts. The treat. So who came up with your ideas before you spat them out like they were yours? Play the pawn, knowing where hope lies, where it goes to die. Whoa. Okay, those lyrics weren't what I thought they were when I listened to the song before. So I guess this, they said in particular, this song is about how social media um, is having an effect on people. And uh, I think what they were referring to is extremist culture. And uh, like I said, that some people are just like sleeper cells just waiting to be activated with some crazy racist or extreme rhetoric so that they can go out and do something crazy with a bunch of their friends, you know, uh, be a part of the group de-invidation uh, because of their, what do you call it? Um, what's it called? Where a group of people are in a bubble echo chamber, echo chambers online. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that was actually quite blunt. It was a lot less, um, a lot less symbolic and metaphorical than most of their songs. Wading through the rubble of ideologies, cherry picking madness to the gospel of suckers. I mean, that's a that's a term that you use and that you learn in uh, university. Cherry picking information to support your cause. You know, when you look at something you're supposed to look at you know if you're looking at an idea uh this means that um uh, i want to use examples but it's you know it's hard to think off the cuff of an example and also i don't want to get too biased with everything even though i am obviously inherently biased <laughs> but you know you can cherry pick information of okay why is the let's okay let's do it why is there mask mandates you know uh i suppose there isn't in a lot of places now but why were there mask mandates um and then a lot of people would cherry pick information like oh it's to control the population it's to um 
to create a sense of panic and stuff like that, you know? And, um, you know, when you're trying to pick out the worst and everything, or, you know, you're just cherry picking, like Meshuggah says here, madness to the gospel of suckers. I mean, the answer is plain and obvious. People are imperfect. Uh, governments are made up of people. Social media is made up of people. Everything's made up of people. It's a brand new pandemic that was extremely contagious. That's why it was dangerous. Not because it had a higher death rate, because it was extremely contagious, which would fill up hospitals immediately because everyone's going to catch it so fast. So why do you want masks? To try to limit how many people might get sick all at once because everyone will kind of eventually get sick because it's that contagious, but you want to drag it on, unfortunately, so that the hospitals aren't full, so that people who have heart attacks can still go in and have their lives saved, you know, things like that. It causes death through other means. The answer is very obvious, but you can cherry pick data to make it seem like it's for another reason. It's control of the population so that you can enforce other mandates and shit like that, you know. Um, life is a machine. It will cater to me. That's a cool line. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess that's what's it called? The confirmation bias or something where you go online and you're looking for ideas to support your cause on purpose because, you know, the world is such a wide place. You're bound to find something to support your cause. But you need to look at things from the other side, um, which a lot of people assume that people don't do, especially people will assume that a lot of PC people don't do this. But a lot of people do do this. You try to... Uh, I, I want to say this about myself in particular. I particularly try to do this, to look at an idea, something new that I've heard or seen or whatever, and I try to think of it from each angle and what my answer would be if I was advocating for the other side and things like that, and then which one I actually agree with the most. That's the internal process that you go through so that your uh, ideas are logical. But not everyone does that. A lot of people do that. And they get, you know, assume that they don't. So anyway. Damn. Yeah, it looks really good in that one, actually. It's a has a really good breakdown in this song. That's, you know, other than that, like I said, it's more of a glue song to uh, build up and to add the other great songs together. But the lyrics were really strong in it. All right, let's go to the next one now. The next song on the list, this is one of my favorite ones, and it is called Phantoms. I'm just like putting it on in the background as well. I kind of like that effect so I can listen to it while I'm reading it, even though I'm not, I'm definitely not reading it in rhythm. So anyway, this is Phantoms. From the realms of past, my demons howl. Beyond bridges I lit, they learned to fly. Apparitions. These ghosts of distant memory, spectres, remnants that just will not die. All my wrongs, my indiscretions they carry. From across the boundaries of time, the burdens I left for them to hold, presented, laid out before my eyes. In their frozen gaze, the blame, 
the questions to my lies. How hard I have tried to bury this, yet here they stand before me, phantoms. Interesting. You'll notice there's not a lot of lyrics in these songs, and these aren't short songs. Almost every song is five minutes long. Yeah, almost every one. Shortest one, there's one that's two minutes. I don't think that has any lyrics in it. The shortest ones are like four minutes. And then a lot of them are five and a half minutes. One's ten minutes long. These aren't short songs. Not a lot of lyrics, though. Um, and not really choruses in this album. Which is cool. Which is very cool, you know. <laughs> choruses are too mainstream. No, that's not true. Meshuggah has definitely done a lot of choruses before, but it's interesting that they're not really doing that. With the lyrics, at least. They have rhythms and riffs that they repeat that act as choruses, I think, within their songs, for sure. And uh, I'm definitely going to, you know, listen to this song more because it's one of my favorites. It has a really cool riff in it from the first half of the song. Then the second half, it changes and it just sounds weird and heavy. And it's like, is this good or bad? But it's kind of aesthetic, you know? But at the start, it's like really bassy and nice. It's like... Um, but yeah, the lyrics, I don't really understand these. Uh, I'm going to listen to it more in the future and try to figure it out. I'm not sure, eh? That one's for you to dive into and to understand. Ghosts of distant memory, specters, phantoms. Who knows? Who knows? I hope it's not about like cancel culture or something weird like that, like your past coming back to haunt you or something. <laughs> That'd be really cringe. <laughs> uh, yeah. Who knows? Maybe we'll find out more about that one in the future. Let me. I actually want to dig into it right now, just so I can try to have another perspective on it, because I don't want to think that about it. Uh, from the realms of past my demons howl beyond bridges I let they learn to fly so okay burning bridges of course is making your demons fly okay yeah so you're burning bridges kind of thing I guess burning bridges usually means you're destroying your friendships your demons what are your demons? Is that your opinions that you're giving to your friends by burning the bridges? Separating yourself from society kind of thing? Apparitions, these ghosts of distant memory specters, remnants that will just not die. Oh my wrongs, my indiscretions I carry. Just embarrassed to die the path I left left all presented like from my eyes. In their frozen gaze, the blame, the questions. In their frozen gaze, the blame, the questions to my lies. How hard I have tried to bury this. Stand before me, fans. It really sounds like cancel culture, but I hope that's not what it's about, eh? <laughs> because, yeah, that's cringe. Uh, it's good that we have a social... I'm just going to say, it's good that we have... A social system in place where people can call out other people and they can have backlash for their opinions and you know 
if people get cancelled, like if they, I guess cancelling usually refers to if they lose brand deals or business opportunities, things like that. And that's that's just a natural part of society. That's always happened before the internet as well. When you fall out of favor in your workplace, you're going to get fired, you know, socially, even if you've done nothing wrong with your job. So it's kind of on the businesses to decide whether the public opinion is worth that much to them, you know. But it's good to have a tool that's not the legal system because especially in the US, the legal system is not necessarily just and fair because as you see, even in Australia, the rich will sue the poor or the lesser rich because it's a battle of money. Who has more money to keep the case going longer? Just keep throwing lawsuit after lawsuit and attorney after attorney at you until you give up and settle. So it's good to have this, you know, basically a marketplace where we can call people out for doing something or saying something fucked up and then they can defend themselves or they can, you know. So you don't have to go through the method of abuse that can be the formal system. So anyway, next song. That's all I want to say about that one. Damn, this is going to be a really long episode. It's going to be over now. <laughs> this is my favorite song of the album, I'm pretty sure. Ligature Marks. So I looked up and there's another song that someone else made called Ligature Marks. This one's not based on that song to my knowledge. So here we are, tearing at flesh to scar, carving the mark in servitude of the dark. Realign the weaponry of your mind, a surgical strike, nothing left to find. The ghost of sacrifices made, lingering in the shadows, perversion is the trade. So this will hurt in every way, but you will carve me, beg me to stay. And it flows through every fiber, runs through every vein, twisted energy, tracing insanity through ligature marks, bruises form in the dark. Facing the music, you've never heard the song before, a solemn requiem, a shroud for your machinations and strife, intent to euthanize, empty sheets, nothing left to deplete, the loop becomes complete. The void will swallow the melting stars, suspended in emptiness, torment turns to bliss, a stillborn genesis. There's some powerful endings in these songs, powerful endings and final lines. So this is like the heavier song that just chugs along. It's like doom, 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 doom. Sounds really like an anthem, you know, to get behind. This is like, this I think is the single of the album, you know, but it wasn't released as a single, but it has that feeling. I think they, it was the first song that they ever teased in like, when the album art came out, they had maybe 20 seconds of this song playing with it. Yeah. Don't really know what to make of the lyrics. Like I said, make what you will of them. It's all metaphorical. But the ending feels very powerful. 
Beg me to stay. Flow so far, run through vein. Bridges fall in the dark. I don't know. Guess this is like it would. Yeah. It's just this imagery of someone tortured and then relishing it in the end and going wild. There's a lot of ways to interpret this. Maybe I'm overanalyzing them too much. I don't know if that's interesting to you guys. Just because I'm on this tangent of social media and current issues, now I'm starting to think that this is from the perspective of the alt-right pipeline, which, you know, Meshuggah will do in songs. They will take the perspective of what they see as negative to try to build it as this, you know, because it's heavy, scary music. Like, it's trying to bring out the darkness into the day to show people uh, the true nature of these things. And so this I see is like, you know how a lot of white people on the internet will be like, we're held down in society now because uh, we're not allowed to say things and uh, there's, what's it called, like in the workplace where in some places there's like, um, uh, what's it called, equality checks or something i can't remember what it's called now but anyway you know where it's like uh there's a push to basically create uh, equality in the world which is awesome and a lot of white people react to this as you're taking space away from us because you know uh we've had the power in society of course but now they these crazy people see that as a repression or oppression sorry which it certainly is not it's just you know you gotta open up your arms and be loving and kind it's as easy as that. But, you know, a lot of people love being victims. <laughs> and uh, so this this how I see this song from the perspective of this extremist who's like, oh, I'm being tortured. Oh, I can't say anything anymore online. Oh, shit. And now... You've never heard this song before. Solemn Requiem. A shroud for your machinations and strife. Intent to euthanize. You're trying to kill... Oh, I'm, okay, so this is something that uh, modern conservatives, I'd say like internet conservatives will say, is like that, you know, conservatives have been opposed to immigration for a long time because for multiple reasons or whatever. I am a big supporter of immigration. It's awesome. And I think especially now that um, we're starting to see a lot of coastal places uh, f fall below sea level underwater, we're going to see a lot more immigration. So we can't have our borders closed up. And it's a good thing. We need to help each other. Jesus Christ, we're all people. But a lot of these conservatives, modern conservatives on the internet will be like, oh, and this is like uh, the new, this is essentially the new, uh, I forget the word, but this is, I see them as Nazis in disguise and they don't realize that they are, of course, because people don't want to be bad. They don't see themselves as bad. 
And um, so they have good intentions, but they, you know, they've been all right pipelined. So they'll see uh, immigration as like the euthanization of the white race because you're mixing all these races together and you're getting rid of the purity. And that's really fucked up idea to have because, you know, and they say you're destroying the culture and the history of this is America in particular. People say this in the U.S. And that's, yeah, that's insane. You know, what, what, what's the American culture, you know? So it's kind of always been a very multicultural place. So anyway, uh, that's how I read these lyrics from the position of some of these extreme people. Empty sheet, nothing left to deplete. Not sure what that means. The loop becomes complete. The void will swallow the melting stars. Suspended in emptiness. That's just cool imagery. Don't know what that means either. Torment turns to bliss. A stillborn genesis. People's critiques of you start to turn into your reason for them being wrong or corrupt. That's the point where it gets to. That's the loop that you can get to for sure. Everyone turns against me. I'm the victim. Um, yeah. Whew. I love that ending line. Torment turns to bliss. A stillborn genesis. Stillborn's a, is very brutal imagery, but a common theme in a lot of death metal. Stillborn Genesis. Yeah. Okay. Next track. I'm really going all out with my opinions here, aren't I? I didn't expect to do this. Or um, This one is called God He Sees in Mirrors. So this one's a bit faster. I really like this song. I'm just going to put it on in the background again. On the throne sits the snake, coiled and irate. Self-righteous, unforgiving, lies lining the fork of his tongue, drip from his fangs, inflicting wounds that never mend. Omnipotent God he sees in mirrors, seraphic. From atop the growling tower of our bones, indifferently condemning all. At his whim, our dismal fate, from his mouth, but venomous gull. Ophidian, slithering, deceitful serpentine, illustrious morph of man, despot in guise of saviour, any blame he will carelessly relinquish, like shedding his skin. Ophidian, slithering, deceitful, through the vast of death he caused the winds. Oh, sorry. Through the vast of death he caused, he winds. Serpentine. Or serpentine, I guess. Rhymes better. Never again shall we suffer the hissing, the subversive, malicious lies lining the fork of his tongue, drip from his fangs, inflicting wounds that never mend. Omnipotent God he sees in mirrors. That was cool lyrics. And there we see the repetition of one passage of lyrics for the, I think, the first time 
in this album. They're really throwing that in again because it's like you got to convince yourself never again will we suffer the hissing, subversive, malicious lies lining the fork of his tongue. Yeah, a snake sitting on the throne and a nip an omnipotent God he sees in mirrors. That's pretty self-explanatory. A crazy person in power. Um, full of self-belief and with little regard for lesser in society, for sure. And that could be in the form of anything. Anyone of power, I guess. Not much more to say about that one. I like it. Next song. They move below. Okay, this one's an instrumental, so... <laughs> Next song. Kaleidoscope. This untethering from logic, this beautiful, terrifying state, astonishing, uninhibited, maddening, euphoric. I now see through you, translucent entities, gone is the veil of sanity. The colors I now discern, veracity is a boundless spectrum, a vast kaleidoscope, spiraling enlightenment, magnificent altered condition. Confined no more, my vision. Inert and bursting, here impossibles coexist in this vibrant domain. Truth is anything you dream it is. Here I can sense true fulfillment, shedding the old, finding anew. I devoid of restraints, exempt from your lies. That was an important song lyrically, for sure. I think it was a... I mean, every song on this album is a banger, of course. But the song's not super memorable compared to some of the others to me. I'm going to definitely listen to it a thousand more times. But this was an important song lyrically. And I think... See, this is a fear that I have a lot of the time when I speak about... Uh, political things, philosophical things, social issues, or even when I consume media to do with these issues because things can be interpreted in different ways and they are interpreted in different ways. And there's unintentional and intentional dog whistling in a lot of media that you'll find. And it's good to be aware of these things so that you can... Make sure that you don't fall victim of it and become the human condition that Meshuggah is talking about. That's how I see the album anyway. And um, I had an example, but then I just lost it. And this song, this untethering from logic, this beautiful, terrifying state, astonishing, uninhibited, maddening, euphoric, Exactly. Untethering from logic. This is a beautiful, terrifying state where everything makes sense, where you've gone insane, essentially. And it's, it's uninhibited. 
It's maddening. It's euphoric. Everything finally connects up and you have purpose in life. You're in your echo chamber. You're good to go. Um, yeah, I now see through you translucent entities. Gone is the veil of sanity. Oh, the colors I now discern, veracity as, as, veracity as a boundless spectrum. That's a kaleidoscope reference. Yeah, vast kaleidoscope. Spiraling enlightenment. I mean, yeah, keep going further down the rabbit hole, right? <laughs> Magnificent altered condition, confined no more, my vision. Inert and bursting here, impossibles coexist in this vibrant domain. Trust is anything you dream it is. Or truth is anything you dream it is, sorry. Exactly, you can make up your own fucking truth. With the amount of, uh, you know, self confirming sources out there you need to be more hypercritical of yourself um and this is mashuga being self-aware and saying no this is not a music for you to say that um Everything is fucked and I should not believe in anything. No, this is tying the narrative into something, which is the mad state that people can get into. Yes, I just thought of the example. There was footage of um, from a Trump rally, uh, you know, years ago now. And um, these two just unhinged people wearing like 20 American flags and red hats and everything, dancing in the street, celebrating and listening to Rage Against the Machine. Uh, probably Killing in the Name. I forget which song it was. Maybe it wasn't that one. But, you know, they thought that that was their song. And exactly, if you don't look into it enough... You might think that that's your song. Just like with this Meshuggah album, you might think this is for you if you're insane and you're like every single uh, gov government's corrupt and fuck, trust no one. Uh, just, you know, protect myself. Even though I'm on fire, I'm reaching for the knife to protect myself. I'm going to distance myself from society. I'm not going to wear masks because I'm going to die. I won't be able to breathe properly. I'm not going to take the vaccine because I'm also going to die if I do that. You know, you're discerning from reality because you see you're in a euphoric, maddening state where you see corruption in absolutely everything. That's not it. The truth is a lot simpler. And these Trump supporters listening to Rage Against the Machine was an example of that. Rage Against the Machine, extremely progressive and left-leaning, if you want to use those terms, um, banned always advocating for progressivism, anti-police, anti-war, all of that sort of stuff. And yet these, uh, you know, celebratory, I don't know if I said Trump protesters. I don't know if it was a protest, by the way. It might have just been a celebration or a rally. I think it was just a celebration or a rally. They're dancing to it like, hell yeah, rage against the machine. You know, because Donald Trump was that guy to a lot of people. He was the anti-establishment. But in reality, he was just another product of the establishment. He's a rich guy. And, 
he's pushed the Republican Party into his own direction, which was just an enhancement of what they already were. It's nothing new or anti-establishment about it. And yeah, this song is the self-aware song of the album, I think, which is you know telling people, "Oi, don't take this the wrong way. Don't play this song <laughs> at your rallies." Okay, next song. Uh, Black Cathedral, which I don't think has lyrics. Yep, it's an instrumental. I l- I really like this song. This is the short one, the two-minute song. Sugar's, to my knowledge, never done anything like this. I'm pretty sure I've listened to every single one of their songs multiple times. I mean, Black Cathedral is what it's called. It sounds like black metal. It's like their version of black metal. That makes sense. Black Cathedral, black metal traditionally is atheist. Black Cathedral, you know, church, cathedral. In black metal, in Scandinavia in particular, there was a lot of um, uh, problematic cases of burning churches in Norway in particular, I remember. I can't remember when this was, like early 2000s or something maybe. And, um, you know, that's the symbolism of the album is fire. Burn it all down. And they're representing the state of the human condition, this insanity. You know, even that's insane, you know. Burning down churches is insane. Even if you think that, you know, all Catholics are corrupt or something, you know. It's uh, extreme. All right, next song. I am that thirst. This was another single, another glue type of song that I was talking about that holds the rest of the album together. Very solid song. Actually, not sure what the lyrics are. I know some of them, but let's read them out together. I am that thirst. Look at him yearning, desirous, his craving, his hunger, constant needs, constant wants. Nothing will quell, nothing will slake, insatiable, vacuous man, hollow and see-through, his emptiness has made him frail, that dying thing still believes, others drive the nails, incisionary god complex, such gift to flammable man, this is what it made of him, this is what remains, behold, how he devours, unappeasable and cursed, that arid soul, famished and desiccated. I am that thirst. His gluttony cannot be stilled. The state can never be reversed, hollow and empty, endlessly. Powerful. More of that flammable man fire imagery. Burning himself alive with his hollow and see-through frailness. And uh, yeah, exactly. This dying thing still believes others drive the nails. Yep. Nice. I just love that line. Behold how he devours. Unappeasable and cursed. That arid soul famished and desiccated. I am that thirst. I don't know if I'm saying desiccated properly, but that's cool. And then his gluttony cannot be stilled. The state can never be reversed. 
they've gone too far to come back. You know, nothing will turn them at this point. Hollow and empty, endlessly. I've had this conversation with people before. I remember online, this always happens, of course. Um, during the uh, British election, when uh, Jeremy Corbyn was running for the Labour Party, and um, there was this constant media narrative instilled in the public that he was a commie, he was a communist, because he had this idea of uh, nationalizing the railway and stuff like that, because railway prices in England, uh, especially city to city, have gone up quite expensive, particularly to London, you know. So, you know, it's trying to come up with a solution to try to make public travel affordable because that's how it should be, right? It's for, it's for affordability. It's uh, for the public. So it wasn't that crazy. And, um, of course, calling someone a communist because of that is extreme. <laughs> Especially when the media was running stories like he rode a red bike today, a red bicycle. And red is the color of the Communist Party. You know, that was one of the media narratives. Another media narrative was like that he wore a certain hat, a certain type of beanie that looked Russian, you know, things like that, like very extreme. And, um, you know, that's insane. And uh, I was, uh, me and my friend was talking to this guy that I think he worked with at the time. He was opposed to Jeremy Corbyn vehemently, even though he lived in an area where it was very uh, labor-intensive uh, voters. It was a labor-heavy area because particularly in this area, it was the Wirral, as where a lot of uh, more tabloid and sensational newspapers had been outlawed and banned. Um, <laughs> which is interesting in itself, but I love that. And that was coincidentally became a more left-leaning and more pro-worker, pro-common man area. So anyway, this guy hated Jeremy Corbyn. And you could see that he was pushed to the extremes because of these media narratives. A victim, he was a victim to it. And we're saying, you know, it's it's good for you. Like it, it, one of the things Jeremy Corbyn wanted to do is raise the wages, uh, minimum wage. And that would directly affect this guy in a positive way. And uh, he was like, I'm not interested. Like, you know, where's this money going to come from? It's magic. You know, nothing's, they've gone too far. They're hollow and empty endlessly. Um, this... <laughs> It's an incendiary God, oh, that's extreme, incendiary God complex, obviously. Meshuggah's talking about the very extremes. I'm not talking, I'm not trying to shit on anyone's personal beliefs. You know, you can obviously make your own choices in your personal life. These lyrics and what I'm saying, I'm talking about the most extremes and Meshuggah's talking about the extremes where it's scary and dangerous. Um... Uh, exactly nothing will curl nothing will slake it's insatiable vacuous man I said to this guy I said look no one's convincing him let's ask what would convince you would there ever be something that would convince you that maybe Jeremy Corbyn's a genuine guy because I think that was the argument that was he's a liar and he said honestly nothing 
nothing. And he was, he was open about that. He said, there's probably nothing that would convince me. That's what the song's talking about. There has to be something that can convince you. I mean, I can, I can even say there's things that would convince me of like, I'm very liberal, very far left on the spectrum, I'd say. Very pro equality, pro. My goal is always uh, the reduction of suffering in society. That's why I, you know, have vegan ideals and stuff like that. And even I could could say that there are situations where I could be convinced of the exact opposite of that if everything lined up logically, and it made sense. But this guy, for something so simple as believing this very genuine very wholesome politician compared to you know many other ones who will lie in their agendas this was a very very honest man but nothing would convince this everyday citizen of that he said so himself absolutely nothing so that's when the conversation ceased the state can never be reversed <laughs> All right, next song, The Faultless, the 11th song on the album. We're coming towards the end here. It's a 13-song album. Take from that what you will. 13 is an unlucky number. <laughs> a slow violence of words. This injurious game that you play, spiteful syllable strings arranged and tied into weapons, the incisions of your tongue, the slashing, the deliberate cuts run deep and wide. Whatever carved the pedestal you occupy was set on this resulting divide. I see through your vain pretense, the veil of you has been parted. Pure and fair, you fly on wings up high, Pharisaical, you are faultless. Oh, all the wounds I expected. Heartbreak, bereavement, and despair. I never saw these coming. The gashes of your betrayal. So I haven't really checked my audio, so I'm sorry if I'm clipping out. I'm kind of speaking loud for emphasis when I'm reading this. Doing my best. Doing my best. Anyone who's stuck with this podcast episode this long you're a trooper and you're officially a true meshuggah diehard fan i read the lyrics for this song before because i heard when i was listening to it i heard that line you are faultless and i was like "Ooh, that's a cool line at the end of a passage so i wondered i wondered what led up to it because you know like like i said even myself as a meshuggah fan is you don't always hear every word <laughs> because it comes across Brutally guttural, which is, you know, the point of it as well. Um, yeah, I mean, they're really setting a theme in this album and it's brutal. And they're using words like divide. Whatever carved the pedestal you occupy was set on this resulting divide. Powerful imagery there. The incisions of your tongue slashing deliberate cuts run deep and wide this is what i like um you know 
Words are powerful. We're starting to realize that. Words are very powerful. Words lead to physical violence. 100%. Wars can start with words. You know, that's what songs like this are trying to say. Sticks and stones may hurt my bones, but words will never hurt me is... Someone pointed this out to me recently, and it's, it's so untrue. I mean, you can say that in the small scale to try to strengthen your shell. Of course, that's good. You need to have a thick skin in this world. But words are what gives you that emotional trauma in the most cases. Obviously, there's physical trauma, but there's emotional trauma from abuse just as much from words. And uh, that's what the song's saying, a slow violence of words is what it opens up with, the first line. This injurious, I don't know how to say that word, injurious. It's injury, but injurious. Game that you play, spiteful syllable strings. Exactly. It's the musical language, spiteful musical language of words arranged and tied into weapons. That's why I... I get frustrated with these, uh, to put it bluntly, boomer-ass comedians. And of course, their, I, their whole purpose is to push, uh, push the edge of the line and to, you know, to dance on it and to find out where society lies. And I appreciate that with comedians. But um, a lot of them are just missing the point. And like with Dave Chappelle, you know, um, he was, he's a super funny guy and he's, you know, fighting for the right causes for a long time, you know, uh, you know, pointing out the injustice against, um, uh, black people in society in the U S particularly. And then he starts coming out with all these Netflix specials, I think there's two of them in particular. One in particular was called Sticks and Stones. And the whole idea was to, you know, poke at people with his words. And that's all well and... That's all, I, don't know, I don't even know if that's all well and good, but, you know, it just came across as reactionary because all of his jokes were sort of very niche and very driven towards reacting to Twitter culture. And it just came across as like, someone who doesn't quite understand the different extremes on the internet and then living living that out within their everyday life and job and putting that out into the world and it's still it's you know it's great that the special came out because it creates this kind of discourse but i think it, he missed the point with it and um it yeah it didn't didn't have the comedy of his older stuff to me personally. I know, of course, a lot of people loved it. I mean, Netflix, it's on Netflix, so it's a success. But there's a lot of controversy around, of course. I thought I heard something. Might be a mouse running around the house. And um, sticks and stones, yeah, they hurt. Words do hurt too. They can be arranged and tied into weapons. It's how we can we can start wars. We can push people to the extreme with our words and create violence 
with that rhetoric and that echo chamber, that subliminal messaging, that agenda, whether it's through, you know, like in Australia um, and in the US with things like Fox News and stuff like that, you know, Rupert Murdoch is big owner of all these uh, outlets, especially in Australia. He's like 90% of the media landscape. And that's one person's narrative, one person's opinions getting put out in the world because it's a trickle-down effect. Everyone else uh, sees... It's not a purposeful thing necessarily. It's everyone else sees success in their career within his industry because they lean towards his opinions. Of course, they're going to slowly be promoted and then each tier of the hierarchy is going to reflect that slowly over time. That's how the world is. It's messy and it's it's not necessarily conspiratorial. It's just how things happen. Um, this song's, yeah, words, the power of words, right? Um, I'm sort of second-guessing some of the things I say. God, I hope it doesn't... God, God, I hope it's not too controversial. But these are my, you know, sort of honest thoughts. Um, yeah. You can definitely be criticized for things that you say. And uh, let's go to the next song now. Armies of the Preposterous. Uh, you can imagine what this is going to be about based on what I was just saying. <laughs> the awe it instills, how grand this revolting spectacle. Beyond what we can fathom, so far detached from reason, I quiver before it, I tremble. I see your vision, this bleak truth you contrive, magnificent this vile display, the march of a recurring echo, Jericho trumpets blaring again they sound, and the old armies of the misled rebuild, assemble, reassemble. I will not swallow the bile, the putrid ideas you regurgitate, a conviction saturated with imbecility, adopting the course of the blind, unanimous in your revolting declaration, conjured by offensive feeble beehive minds. A pandemic, this contagion, let me repeat that, a pandemic, this contagion you embrace, the poison that seeps from your piteous souls, armies of the preposterous, trapped in misguided thrall, your mere existence shames us all. I will never assimilate your point of view. I see your vision, this bleak truth you contrive. Whoa, I hadn't read uh, the lyrics to that one yet. Powerful. I think it's basically shitting on anti-vaxxers, right? <laughs> Uh, 
I see your vision, this bleak truth you contrive. Yeah. That's understanding the other side, but getting nothing from it. You know, I will never assimilate to your point of view. I see your vision, this bleak truth you contrive. So you've already analyzed that and there's, yeah, you're done with it. Magnificent, this vile display, the much of a recurring echo, Jericho trumpets blaring. Again, they sound the old armies of the misled rebuild reassemble. So powerful. It's creating this imagery of, you know, armies assembling to the sound of trumpets and biblical proportions and burning walls and things like that, you know. Meshuggah's really good at creating uh, powerful imagery and grand scale imagery, entities and armies. I will not swallow the bile, the putrid ideas you regurgitate. Yes, that's how easy it is to fall down these rabbit holes. It's like you've got to remind yourself that you've read all this and you understand that it's bile and vile. And it's, re- you know, it's regurgitated. Everyone's copying each other and parroting each other's opinions. There's nothing original about it. People, do- Some of these people just aren't analyzing it for themselves. You know, the, the extreme positions aren't self-critical enough. Damn, a conviction saturated with imbecility. I don't know if that's a word, but it's imbecile imbecility um adopting the course of the blind unanimous in your revolting declaration conjured by offensive feeble beehive minds yeah i love this you know it's like yeah you can't think for yourself you're weak you're just marching to the drum of the regurgitated imbecility conjured by feeble beehive minds damn okay and again that's something that that uh the other side will say of the other side all the time with everything you know it's like oh you're just going along with whatever the government tells you to do it's like yeah but i thought about it for myself and it's not that hard to understand like i said earlier talked about it all this pandemic, this can a pandemic, this contagion you embrace. It's hard word to say contagion. The poison that seeps from your piteous souls. Armies of the preposterous, trapped in misguided thrall. Yeah, your mere existence shames us all. Exactly, because it's our own fault that this happens. That these echo chambers are created, you know. That we can't have this good discourse with each other and that we can't convince each other or help each other necessarily. You know, in the extreme cases, obviously, you can help a lot of people, but misguided thrall. Yeah, that's all it is. You can't really blame people, you know. When it gets extreme, it, you know, it comes across as revolting, but you have to understand that these people were trapped and they are victims. And it's sad. And I do feel bad for them. Um, let's go to the next song I think this is the last song and it might actually be a lyrical song 
It is. I mean, a lyrical song, an instrumental song. Oh, powerful stuff. Okay, that whole album was a lot more modern, a lot more on, you know, modern social issues than I realized. I knew it was a little bit, but like every song, you know, was definitely thematic and and uh, tied together. I suppose they, they definitely had semblance of that in their previous album. Uh, with other, you know, modern societal notions. And uh, this one was a lot more fleshed out and uh, and uh, more of a singularity in the way it was uh, all together. Sorry, I just hit the microphone. And uh, damn, it's powerful. They're really putting their opinions out there and uh, I was really putting my opinions out here. So, but hey, you know, don't feel attacked by this, you know. Always question why you have the opinions that you have. Make sure that you have the best, that you are the best version of yourself and that you're getting the right information and that you're, you know, second, that you're questioning the right things and that you're um, critical and analytical. You have to be analytical and that's something that we aren't really taught much. I think in university, a lot of people are taught how to correctly cite sources and things like that. You have to know that there's an implicit bias in everything that you read. And when you know what that bias is, then you can discern how valuable the information is to you. You know what I mean? And it's not a conspiratorial agenda or anything like that necessarily. It's obviously clickbait headline articles do so so that they will get more clicks which uh, drives advertising traffic to their website which makes more money for them and the same can be said for uh, news on television or news on youtube or wherever you might get it it's gonna be controversial divisive topics because they create interactions and create reactions which creates um what's the word i'm looking for arguments and stirs up controversy which makes people share it and discuss it and drives more traffic to the website or to the news channel or whatever it is makes you come back and watch more they don't necessarily do this on purpose. It could just be that they're seeing the results and they're leaning towards those things that get those results. So it's a problem of ourselves as well, that these are the things that capture us. It's the human condition. Yeah. That's sort of the takeaway I get from this album. Don't hate. Don't hate people. <laughs> Question the human condition. Try to get to that point where something w will convince you, you know, don't be, <laughs> don't be hollow and empty endlessly or whatever that lyric was and irreversible. Um, yeah. Wow. This was an hour and a half episode and I loved it. And if anyone listened this far, you're an absolute champion. I hope it wasn't super political, but I mean, that's the point. It's, it's, you know, it's a podcast. It's a blog space. 
it's how it's going to sort of be. It was all off the cuff as well. I don't know what I'm going to do with this as a written piece. I'm just going to have to throw up something. But yeah, thanks for sticking with me. And uh, if you're interested in hearing more, then let me know because I really want to do more Meshuggah albums in their entirety. <laughs> uh, just for my own personal sake because I love it and I love them as a band. And it could create some interesting discourse. And... Um, and I've already written other episodes about just particular songs that I love lyrically. So those will come out in the future. And uh, that'll be really interesting. Really cool, hopefully. I still got music playing in the background. Yeah. My God, I'm tired now. Too much talking. Hey, I need to get some food. And uh, bye bye. I uh, hope to see you again soon. Go listen to the new Meshuggah album, of course. Immutable, out now. I'll leave a Spotify link. Have a good day. Enjoy yourself, you know. Stay friendly out there to everyone. And uh, ta-ta.